How long, O Lord, will we human creatures invade your sacred spaces with acts of violence and hatred? Today, as we gather in this house of worship, our hearts need to go out to our fellow brothers and sisters in New Zealand. Though we share the faith of Abraham, today we share pain and sorrow with our Muslim sisters and brothers. The church must take a stand against acts of terror and violence and hatred. None of those things are consistent with the life and the message and the preaching and teaching of Jesus Christ. We gather here today, and whenever acts of violence rock our world, fear is one of the things that it produces. And whenever we are filled with fear, the human response is either to fight or to flee. To fight. To take up arms against a sea of troubles. Or to run away. Or worse yet, pretend that such things could not happen here in the midst of Burnsville and Savage. But if the violence of the last couple years have taught us anything, there is no sacred place, whether it be in the Christian tradition, the Jewish tradition, or the Muslim tradition, that is exempt from extremists and from hatred. What are we to do? In this morning's gospel, Jesus was faced with a credible threat. Now, the opposition, his vocal opponents, the Pharisees, they come to him and say, Herod is out to get you. He wants to kill you. And that was a real threat. Herod and his father before him was not opposed to taking any means necessary to keep in power. You see, violence is not just the product of extremists, but it's the product of any nation who sits and fears losing its power. Whenever extreme measures are taken out of fear, we all can be in that place. Herod was used to using power for his own good. He was a dangerous man. He was a fox, one who could kind of navigate divisive political scenarios and seems to always come out on top. Herod wants to kill Jesus. How does Jesus respond? The Pharisees say, you got to get out of here. You got to flee. Because they know that Jesus and his followers would not match up in a fight. But Jesus points them and us to an alternative to fight and flee. 
He directs their attention to the good news, to the gospel of God. He says, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to cure the sick. I'm going to cast out demons today, tomorrow. And on the third day, well, on the third day, we'll talk about resurrection. Jesus directs the attention in the midst of fear to God's love, to a love that restores, to a love that seeks to bring people together around common tables, a love that welcomes the excluded and those on the fringes and gives them a place and honors them. Jesus talks about that he must go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, ah, the city, the place where God was understood to be present in a way that was like another, any other place in the world. The top of the spiritual imagination, it's where God lived. It also is a city with a bad reputation of violence, of people trying to manipulate systems of power and stay in control. Jerusalem is the place where prophets were killed who brought God's message of peace and love were stoned and cast out. Jerusalem was also the place where Isaiah imagined that God would bring all people together from all over, scattered all over the earth, would bring them together and they would sit together at a common table and a feast. An unimaginable feast would be shared. And in that time, in that moment, there'd be no more tears, no more crying, because the cycles of violence will be broken once and for all. Not by more violence, not by running away, but by the love of God, the forgiveness, the restorating power of the resurrection. Jesus preaches and teaches and guides us in that direction toward Jerusalem. Not as a place where God will wield a mighty sword and cast out all the evil of the world, but where God will empty himself in love on a cross and provide in that moment the breaking of every silence, cycle of violence, every cycle of avoidance. Jesus offers this beautiful image for God. Now it's found in this kind of complicated text, to be sure. Gloom and doom and destruction. And amidst of all of that, God is presented not as a masculine warrior, but as a loving mother. As a loving mother who gathers frightened chickens as they scatter all over the barnyard. A mother who herself is vulnerable to attack. A mother who lays down life for the health, the vitality, the life of the chicks, gathers them in the wing 
with love and care. Provides a place, a moment, an idea of shalom or wholeness, peace. It's this beautiful image that Jesus offers to us in the midst of our fear, in the midst of a violent world, in the midst of a world that keeps wanting, insisting on its own way and wanders from God's call to be loving in community. Jesus invites us, all those who would sing his praise, to embrace God's path. As we grieve, as we mourn the loss of all those who are victims of violence and war and terror, as we try to find paths forward, creatively finding common ground, working out differences, as we live out our baptismal identity as the broken and beloved children of God, may we find in our mother God a path, a direction, and the inspiration to live and love as Jesus. Amen.